Meeting in primary school doesn't always predict a future business career together. But in the case of our guest today, it most certainly did. They also went to the same prep school university and lived together in London. Oh, did I mention they both love rum? I'm Susan Schwartz, your drinking companion, and this is Lush Life Podcast. Every week, we are inspired to live life one cocktail at a time by the best in the industry. Alex Jolive and Tom Wiggett also drank together. And while Tom was enjoying a thousand variations on the G&T, the only mixer Alex was being offered with his rum was Coke. Not that there's anything wrong with a good Cuba Libre. In fact, I make a Cuba Libre range of merchandise, so check it out at alushlifemanual.com slash merch. Still, it can get monotonous. So what are two guys to do? Well, these guys created long tail mixers. Three different mixers that were developed specifically to complement rum, whiskey, bourbon, whatever brown spirit you have on your shelf. They tell their own story much better than I do. So let's get to it. So Alex, let's start with you. So tell me, where were you brought up? Uh, so I grew up in Hertfordshire, um, down in a, in a town called Berkhamsted. Um, so was there for uh, 22 years and then my parents once I left for London my parents decided all the kids are out and they're going to go back to where my mum grew up down in Sussex. All right and how about you Tom? I'm not too far away from Alex I'm also from Hertfordshire a place called St Albans my parents are still based there but I moved to London about nine or so years ago really. All right we're so going before pre-London all right so um, tell me a little bit about your upbringing. You know, did, where did you study or? Yeah, so I guess, well, prep school, I went to uh, Lockers Park. It was actually Tom and I went to, because we were both local, um, we went to prep schools where we actually used to play each other at sport. Um, so although we didn't know each other, we often would probably be on the same sports pitch um, before we actually met at, our, um, at, at Stowe. Um, so yeah, I went to prep school there. Then we both went to Stowe um, and that's where we, we first met. And were you friends immediately at Stowe? We were in separate houses, so we, we weren't sort of around each other the whole time. But yeah, I think we pretty much yeah. met quite quickly through sport. I think it's because there wasn't also, that like spark moment. It's because it's because also when you're like you know you are oh, I live in Berkhamsted or you live in St Albans and suddenly there's someone at your school who lives within 20 minutes of you and that's actually relatively rare. Yeah. Um, so I think you kind of automatically have a bit of a bond and then you you realise what you know you went to schools that used to play each other at sport and you're like oh you probably played that game and you probably played that game. And also we just had a lot of the same friends so yeah. we'd be in the same friendship groups quite quickly sort of met um, and yeah I think pretty much got on mainly through a mutual bond of sport um, like most things certainly with guys what'd you play? Uh, well at school you play everything <laughs> you get to. Yeah. but uh, football rugby cricket you yeah. too? yeah 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 uh, same yeah. Golf, I mean we've, we've been in the same football team now for going on sort of probably almost 10 odd years or something like that and uh and yeah, just play you know, casual competitive stuff. Always want a game of golf, always want a game of tennis, that sort of stuff. So uh, we do that a lot in our spare time. Um, and that's probably how we sort of met most at school. And did you part ways for university? No, <laughs> no, no, we didn't actually. We we ended up going, I I think we, we ended up going to some university, but we didn't realise for, for a while. But Are you it, sure by accident? Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's we both ended up going to Oxford Brooks, but I was going to go... 
um, to up north. But then I, I decided, I don't know why, I just decided that actually I want to stay more local to, well, towards where my parents were. Um, and then Tom, you... you I was, yeah, I was, was going to go to Brooks. So yeah. Brooks was my first choice. I, I wanted to go there. Um, so for me, it didn't really matter that Alex mm. wasn't going to be there or was going to be there. Or just yeah. it was a happy, happy coincidence when we got there, went to the pub, saw each other and thought, right, this is going to be easy then. Yeah, exactly. So you had no plans to ever start a business together before that? <sighs> no, yeah. no. I yeah. think, yeah, it's, I guess it's, you know, it's one of those things where I think when we were at university or even at school, I'm not sure we were thinking quite, yeah, about, about starting a business. I think, you know, probably both always wanted to one day, but I mean, at that time, you're just taking everything as, we were as it comes to more concerned than where we were going that night. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what that, were you? What you were drinking? That yeah, night, well, exactly. yeah, what we were drinking that night. Where we were going that night? Certainly, what we were drinking for pre-drinks, that sort of thing. That was that was high on the agenda. Uh, I think starting up a company was uh, definitely never thought about yeah. or spoken let's about. Get, really. get our degrees first, yeah, and then, and then concentrate after that. Yeah. All right, since you're speaking, Alex, first. Um, so, what were you thinking your future might hold? Well, I don't know. It was one of those where I almost didn't go to university um, because had that kind of I got two older older um siblings and I don't know they both went and then I was like oh, I don't know do I really want to go the fees are just gone up is there you know do I want to um and what would have been your alternative oh, I was looking at doing like a marketing kind of qualification um but then when speaking to people they actually said yeah you could do this qualification but in the grand scheme of things it, it doesn't mean much but I was like I could just try and crack on with work uh, but then I decided kind of last moment you know what actually a lot of my like a lot of my friends going I, I'm going to go because I wasn't quite sure at that time so I just went went to do business just because I did business school and that was probably my most enjoyable subject so I was like oh, I'll just go do uh, business management and ended up doing business management and marketing because it's quite broad and I know that's you know after university I'm going to be in business in some format um, so I thought you know could learn some skills skills there so glad glad I did I did some some of it you know some of the modules I would say a bit of a waste of time but I'd say you know uh there were certain modules especially the kind of uh business kind of entrepreneurial modules which I think I'm glad that I did go for that because looking back at, it, back at it, it kind of helps you kind of moving forward and, and you know, even in the business kind of business that we're in today so of course, Tom. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think I always knew I wanted to work for myself, set my own thing up. Um, just you know, I I wanted to always sort of try and push to see what could what could happen. I mean, my my degree was a very broad degree. I did geography and anthropology, so it was a lot of uh, sort of a lot more uh, less business orientated. But I even still thought that's going to set me up more. Really, the learning, the understanding, the dynamics of people, and, and sort of the anthropology connection in that. I just didn't see, you know, I wanted to do something that was a bit more sort of bit, bit more than sort of sat behind a desk, uh, the standard office job. And, uh, and you know, throughout my, my degree, I sort of did as many sort of modules that were very much get up and go focused, um, were sort of trying to obviously whilst they weren't necessarily uh, entrepreneurial sort of based off there, are a lot of sort of skills in that that I learned that were just basically people skills, you know, how to how to sort of talk to people from different backgrounds, how to talk to people from different countries and stuff like that. And and that sort of way, I always thought that would stand me in good stead for business and, uh, and you know, get university out of the way and see where that would take me, really. So, uh, so yeah. Other than drinking, did you have any um, um, really connection to the hospitality industry before that? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I used to, I mean, so, so did you, we used to work at, you know, just for extra cash on the side, work at, you know, wedding venues, party venues, and it was great because obviously, you know, it's, you get some, some bit of spending money on the side and also you've got loads of free like food once the wedding was <laughs> over, which is great. You take back <laughs> and to, food. yeah, exactly. And you take it back to, you know, a bunch of students who are very appreciative um, of that. So, you know, you had good experience. I think that doing things, you know, we both worked at like Henley Regatta together and I I think that's probably in a way when we talk about how the business is, is great for events, we look at ourselves. You know, we um, worked at these, we were you know, 19, 20, you know, could we make complex cocktails? No. Could we make gin tonic, you know, vodka, vodka lemonade, that kind of stuff with pims? Yes, you know. So those kind of simple serves, you know, it's something that we could do. So we look at the you know the hospitality side, that's what we would say when we use us what we used to work at these events, and we know that you know, often you don't get the most trained staff, but you get people who can make these kind of drinks so if you've got something for you know your dark spirits which is an easy simple serve then it's easier for them to push it out so i think that i guess that kind of helped us in, in that kind of stead as well mm-hmm. i'd worked in a, a pub as well for for a year or so but just to sort of get a little bit of experience there and you know instantly you sort of get the whole you, you sort of fall in love with the atmosphere of working and something like that with regulars with new people with trying to try new diff, new drinks and and sort of offering those sort of stuff. So I, I absolutely loved that as a role that I did. I mean, it's very much a temporary role, um, but I absolutely loved sort of the environment that it was in. So you're you graduated. You're off to London. Am I yeah. assuming correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, separately. No. no. <laughs> ah, I love that you both answered no. that together. No. Well, we lived we lived at uh, <laughs> we, we lived together at university with some other people, and then the last house was just you know uh, basically the us three three guys and when we got to london we um thought you know thought, well, it, it why, why well, break it so, you know might as well if they well broke continue. don't fix it so we thought well let's let's all live together so yeah we then embarked on living living together pretty much from day dot um of moving out of the house in Oxford. we moved straight into a house in uh a house in london so it was sort of quite a nice quite a nice transition really it made yeah. it very easy I'm assuming that you had different, or should I say, yeah, jobs yeah, in a different place. Yeah, we, yeah, didn't, yeah. we didn't. We didn't work together. All right, you did. Um, not at that point, anyway. So no, we all, we all, all three of us, we all, we all worked separately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I went, I, I went to. Uh, I kind of wanted to get into sports marketing, like uh, you may, a, lot, a lot of folks do. So very competitive. So I started getting getting a role um, for a company there. Um, so I started doing that um, for about eight, um, eight, 12 months mm-hmm. um, before realizing it probably wasn't wasn't for me. But that was my kind of first first big role in London. Um, and then I moved to a, a travel operator, did kind of operations and finance um, for them, which was probably more my skill set, kind of finance based and business kind of aspect, which I much enjoyed and did that for a couple of years. While I, I tried a couple of things on the side, which didn't didn't quite happen, but it was it was quite fun to do a bit of pitching um, for some. For, it was from a uh, from a, a university project, which we we got a first in, uh, not Tom, someone else, and we just tried to take it kind of bigger. Um, and then yeah, and then then my last kind of role before. Um, before Longtail was working for in startup funding, so kind of working for 
kind of the seed rounds like pre-series a so helping high growth companies raise capital which was actually really interesting because you get great exposure into the kind of ecosystem of startups uh meet lots of interesting people like a lot of people whenever it was once we knew we were going to do this you once you were you know listen to and speak to some people in the food and beverage industry it was really interesting to hear how they they work and actually you know some of them i've seen since being like oh i spoke to you actually when i was in this role um so that was kind of really interesting great training for starting your own company exactly exactly Mm. so getting that kind of understanding and and seeing kind of the 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 hoops they had to jump through the barriers they had um and yeah just getting and also just getting that kind of network as well which has been really useful Mm -hmm. okay you tom yeah, I, I, well, I guess sort of quite similar. So Alex, moving to London, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do, um, and I think just through complete luck, I uh, I've got a big passion for for old cars, uh, so for classic cars, and I ended up working for uh, a company based on High, um, High Street Ken Bristol Cars. Uh, I worked there for about sort of three years, just in a bit of a sales marketing role. Absolutely loved it because obviously I was mixing one of my passions with one of my uh, you know with my job. Um, and then my sort of time there sort of came to an end when I got offered a role working for a, a sort of a food tech startup uh, based in, in London. It was actually a Belgian-run company moving into London. Uh, so I was one of their sort of first sort of five employees um, in their UK office, which is great. Again, you know, being part of a, a startup that, you know, everyone's sort of borrowing a computer to work off and, you know, you're it's a bit higgledy-piggledy and a lot of, uh, a lot of sort of, hit and miss ideas uh going around sort of pretty quite good sort of stead and experience for for uh working your own startup and then um and then post that i then moved to uh well help set up a, a brewery based in uh based in Bista, um in just outside of oxford uh which was you know great fun and putting together the whole plan to actually put this brewery out in you know into full production um, but whilst I was also sort of setting that up, I was sort of obviously living with Alex and we, we sort of thought about long tail as an idea and, um, and yeah, and then we just sort of, we, we went with that. So I, I sort of left the brewery and, uh, to really come and focus on this. So long tail. Yes. Who came up with the idea? I was just, uh, just kind of us just talking to each other, Six experiencing one, things together, you know, drinking together and, we both, you know, have a have a good passion for dark spirits. So, um, you know, I think it probably started with rum, really. Tom actually got me into rum. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of my drink of choice. I don't, I'm very, one of very few British people who like gin and I don't like tonic either. Um, so gin and tonic is something which I don't like. So trying to be British and go anywhere, um, <laughs> whether it's a pub or a party or whatever, um, you always have to try and find another drink. And it was that kind of, that way where you're looking at... Uh, saying, oh, do you, do you have anything else to drink? Do you have any rum? Do you have anything? Oh, I think we might have some rum somewhere. Oh, do you have anything to mix it with? Oh, I might have some Coke somewhere at the back of the cupboard. Um, and that's kind of, I guess, what it is. And Tom you know, really likes his likes his gin. So you had all these different flavours, obviously of gins, but also tonics. You know, it, obviously it boomed massively. And they're these amazing range of, of flavours um, and so much choice. And it was kind of, we were always discussing, oh, it's... Weird how you don't get that. Don't get that with Rob. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. He said something about you, which you've not revealed yet. He said you taught him about Rom. Yeah. So tell me about re- your relationship with Rom. As uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, it's been a bit of a rocky relationship, really. Um, I, I, you know, my my parents, uh, we were along with my parents. We used to go a lot to the Caribbean um, and sort of from, anywhere specifically. I uh, mainly Barbados, um, and from that, you know. 
probably shouldn't say this, but you know, at quite an early age, I sort of got a bit of a, a real attraction to mainly, actually predominantly Mountain Gear rum, uh, drinking a lot of it, bringing it, I used to bring it back a lot to university in, in massive sort of two litre bottles that you could only really get out there. Um, and we just used to drink vast, vast quantities of it. Um, and I used to sort of drink a lot out there, drink a lot in the UK. And until I think really I had a, sort of started having a bit of a bad reaction to it, where I just used to drink a little bit too much of it and uh, wouldn't agree with me. Um, and sort of interesting tactic, I then went on to gin. And obviously with the gin bubble, I, I, I'm i big. If something new comes around, I'm normally one of the first people to sort of want to be, oh, I want to give it a try. I want to see what it's like. And obviously with gin, suddenly straight away, I was like, oh, I must try this gin with the tonic water. And I must try all these different tonic waters with this, with this amazing gin. I was having a great time of it. Whilst Alex was very much there sort of thinking, well, I'm just drinking rum and coke. Well, I'm just drinking rum and coke. And... And I think, yeah, it was, it was off the back of that that we suddenly realised that, that this is broken. You know, you go to the Caribbean. I think Alex actually came out with me um, and we had a, had a trip out there and we, we were just drinking amazing rum punches, amazing rum sours from, from different bars and all, all of them having slightly different recipes, um, slightly different takes on it. And, you know, we just suddenly realised it's, it's a completely different way of drinking rum mm. out in the Caribbean. And, and you come back to the UK and you're just up with Coca-Cola. Yeah. It shouldn't be like that. So Yeah, exactly. It was, that was exactly what it was. I think it was that trip we went on and we were just you know, loving, you know, being on the beach, drinking, you know, every shop would have their own, you know, they all got the same base recipe, but they all do their own little variations um, and all these different amazing flavours and it's just great. And then you just come back to UK and you're like, ah, I've got to have cake again. And so it was like from, from then we just kind of realized, well, there's, you know, obviously there's amazing tonic brands, amazing tonic flavors, but there's just a, there's a lack of it in the, uh, in the doctorate world. So we just started really just looking into what is there on offer? What companies are there that maybe we haven't heard of? Um, also looking around the, the this, world globally. Sorry, well. was this with the potential of creating your own or just seeing what was out there so no, that you could bring drink the something? Potential just, to, just to see, just so that yeah. we could drink it, really. Mm. I think we, I mean, I, we were both always open to trying, like I said, trying new things, discovering how best to drink a certain drink. And, and we just kept watching the space and just seeing that, you know, from a from a, a genuine enthusiast's perspective, there was nothing coming to that mm. space that was really hitting the nail on the head of where we wanted it to be. Um, I mean, you had, you know, there were lots of different sort of trials at it, but none none of them really sort of sunk in that mm. we really wanted to try. And I think, yeah, and I think one of the big things that stuck out to us was when you look at what was being done in the industry, that people were making their own colas, their own, you know, ginger, kind of ginger beer, ginger ales, but... We didn't see any new, like real new, new flavours. Um, and often you found actually with a lot of drinks, especially with rums, but even some whiskies and stuff, it was, you know, oh, we mixed it with this soft drink or mix it with this. Oh, yeah, that kind of works actually. It's, that's nicer. But it wasn't because that was created for it. It wasn't right. crafted for that drink. Um, and that's when we started to actually then, once we kind of looked into it, think, oh, well, should we just, you know, start giving a go and stop? messing around with recipes got some recipe got a kind of recipe from the caribbean and looked at inspiration around the world and just started kind of messing around trying to create what what we could and see if we came up with anything we liked so got two lime squeezes and said about it yeah that's what i was going to ask what were the first flavors so lime yeah, yeah well, it's what you could get i mean it's obviously it's quite difficult to 
be able to get everything when you're just you just kind of from the supermarkets and stuff so i mean we'd buy some extracts online and stuff like that to really mess around with it and have a good play but it was basically just using a soda stream um squeezing limes um using extracts and 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 seeing kind of what comes using obviously making sugar syrup um as well so that's kind of i guess how it all happened just making a constant mess in the kitchen in the evenings testing on our girlfriends making sure that they liked it um, then disagreeing with them when they said that they didn't because yeah. we liked it. And <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just a lot of trial and error, really playing around with, you know, we, we didn't really, you know, learning actually about the concepts of extracts and learning about the concepts of actually, if you put one drop in, it has a massive difference if you put three drops or two drops mm-hmm. in. So we, we played around with it and, and actually, you know, in hindsight, those were really sort of good, learn, good learning curves for us mm-hmm. to actually really establish where well, actually... This as a base is right, but it still needs tweaking. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's only so far we could take it before, you know, you need to go to a proper proper recipe developer with your ideas and, you know, how do you then make this kind of commercial? I guess you've kind of answered my question about the the moment when you thought this was right or you're onto something. I think we we, we tested it on a number of people. Yeah. A number of people really, really enjoyed it, really liked it. And we could tell actually people were drinking rum. I think we actually had a party. Um, and we sort of had a vat of it and we were getting people to really, really drink it and, and people were really responding well to it. So we thought, well, actually, yeah, this is going to work. And then... What were what flavours were that? Do you remember? It was actually a, a base of our, our... Probably our island spice, really. Yeah, it was it's mainly like, the island spice we were going for. Yeah, actually. I mean, we were going for... It, it tastes vastly different to how it tastes now. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because probably now it's got an awful lot less sugar in it. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, we we sort of... We knew that people liked the idea of drinking rum with the juices, with the spices, and we instantly knew, right, okay, this has got legs. And that for us was sort yeah. of the, the validation that we needed. Yeah, exactly. Um, to then do a bit of research into, right, who is the best, who are the best people to speak yeah. to, to to help the next step. Yeah. I think it gets one of those points, I think, that a lot of people maybe get to when looking to start a business, and it's the kind of tipping point of whether you go for it or not. And, you know, we pretty much, I guess, had got really as far as we could with our skill set in terms mm-hmm. of recipe creation. Um, so then we were just like, do we go for it or do we not go for it? I mean, that was the thing. Like, we've got as far as we can go. We And we've done the research and we, we liked what we saw. So we just made a decision. We were like, yeah, we like it. Let's go for it. So that's when we started, like Tom was saying, just to find who is best to partner with in terms of recipe developers who, you know, we could work best with and who get us, get what we want to do. So, yeah. Was that a difficult process? Uh, just going to meet people yeah. and talking and just seeing. I, I how... mean, I actually think it was it was quite simple once we met them. Yeah, you instantly. Definitely. I mean, again, we're both big people, people like people persons. We 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 go well on relationships, and as soon as we met uh, Luke Fusion, we sort of straight away got on with them. Very personable, you know. Straight away, we could talk to them about the idea. They got it. They understood it. We did meet a couple who maybe weren't so on the same page as us. Um, and for us, it was massive to to have people who share the idea, share the common goal that we're, we're sort of after. And once once that sort of, once we established that relationship, I mean, it was pretty pretty plain sailing. Yeah. Did you know, how many did you want to start with? What, bottles? What, what, or no, skews? no, wait, with flavours. Uh, so we, well, yeah. Were you just going to stick to one or no, was it well, going to be no, a we, slew? We wanted to launch with two. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem we had is we, well, we, we created four um, and we really liked three of them. So we we went through a, a kind of time of trying to work out which one we weren't going to launch with and yeah. we'd bring out later. And we couldn't decide. So we just launched with three instead, um, which was... Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I, and we're glad we did because I think yeah. the, the thing about us and the thing about business, it's all about choices. Everyone has different palettes. Everyone has different preferences. That's why we, you know, we partner with lots of different rums because it's not saying, oh, this is the rum that you drink with this this um, flavor. It's not. It's what rum do you prefer and which flavor do you prefer, and you pair them together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing why you know we couldn't really even decide within ourselves because we, all, you know, we have different preferences probably yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, that's why we kind of launched all three. So. Yeah, it's something, you know, we wanted to really, really something that's a little bit for everyone. You know, be it if you like ginger or if you hate ginger, you can always go to sort of Iron Spice. If you, in, you know, if you really like the Iron Spice, and that's perfect. And if you, if you don't just find the bitterness to your tasting, you can then go for the blood orange. You know, there's, there's generally a bit of, bit of something for everything. But also, it's a bit of something that pairs with a little bit of everything. You know, we got the connections with the whiskies, with the bourbons. We got the connections there with, with the variety of different aged rums. And they just sit very nicely in a perfect position for everyone to be you know comfortable trying at least one of them mm. with a different drink and then saying oh you can de- de- you can definitely taste the difference in flavor notes you get when pairing in with you know the blood orange with a rum or pairing it with a bourbon you know it really so what we really wanted to do is just create that offering that is all about choice yeah. all about saying to consumers you know there shouldn't be one set thing like we've been established like we've been so used to with coca-cola there isn't that one you know you must drink this with coca-cola you know dr- you Drink it with whatever makes you happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is very much exactly. And I think the other thing as well is, you know, obviously there's the, the gym booms being crazy, but what some people don't realise is that, you know, dark spirits, your your rums, you know, whiskeys, bourbons, they are incredibly crafted as well. Um, and the problem when you're mixing with a kind of overpowering um, soft drink or mixer or... Um, you know, it, it, it's something very sugary. It just kills all, all that craftness, all that flavour. You know, it's basically, you know, you're having, um, you know, alcohol in that in that drink, but you wouldn't be able to tell, you know, which rum it is. You wouldn't be able to differentiate. And that was a big thing for us. You know, you, you've got things aged for, you know, obviously, longer and, and shorter times. You've got things aged in ex barrels. You've got spice, you know. And we wanted people to be able to get those flavour notes and actually for those spirits, you know, for our spirit partners to be able to show people those flavour notes without them just being masked out. So that was kind of another big thing for us. So when we did develop the, the drink, we only used a single shot of a dark spirit. And the whole idea is we would say, like, if it was rum, you know, we know we're having a Mount Gay, a Diplomatico, a Pirate's Grog, a Duffy Share, a Westall. We know which one we're tasting because we know the different flavour notes. Where otherwise you're just like, well, I know there's rum in here, but I have no idea what it is. That's so interesting. How long did it take from meeting with the the flavor profile of people to having three that you thought were ready to bring to market? Uh, we had a slight issue where we said that absolutely no decision gets made after five drinks. Yeah. Because <laughs> then we came up with some weird and very weird and wonderful creations. Mm. Um, so that was probably the probably the biggest delay was us sort of meeting with them and, and making sure that we hadn't drunk too much to make decisions. But it probably wasn't too long. Was... No, I mean, actually from when we met them was probably like September time. So maybe, probably like five, yeah, five months maybe. Five months, yeah. I think it was a bit of back and forth. And I think, you know, it was one where you get things very, very close. And so it's probably like 95% there. But then you were just tweaking that last 5% quite like probably more yeah. than you were the whole first 95 just to oh it's, maybe that's a bit too spicy maybe that's not spicy enough maybe that's a bit you know too too much bitters yeah. or need something else just you know that and that i think that's probably 
what took it a bit longer. But I mean, generally, I think at that point, once we knew, because we went in knowing, you know, we had recipes in mind anyway, um, and we had different ideas in mind. So I think that probably sped up the process. Yeah, it's also such a delicate process. And I guess that's something that we didn't really appreciate before we went into it, is is generally how fine the margins are um, when creating sort of a drink like this. So we really wanted to make sure that we were doing the flavours that we had thought about, that we'd always said, spoken about, that we'd always sort of discussed we wanted to make sure we were doing them justice. And that was probably the the longest sort of, the, that, like Alex said, that 5% of just slight tinkering, which we, we really wanted to focus on to make sure that the drinks that we have in the bottle today are absolutely how we expected them, how we wanted them to be, and also to make sure they're commercial as well. Um, which Did you ever disagree on a flavour? Uh, or have one that you I'm were sure. really passionate about and you weren't Tom or vice versa? I think, I think probably naturally there were... Like there were probably probably times where we said you know because like everyone everyone's got different palates everyone's like you know in terms of food wise I probably like a lot spicier food than Tom so so I think everyone's got different tolerances so there's probably be a time where oh I think that's spicy enough or I know I think oh it's not spicy enough so I had to trust nothing big I had to trust Alex one hundred percent on the island spice because when we were going down to finalise the creation of that I had a horrific cold so I could not taste anything. So I sat there watching everyone drinking it and sort of saying, oh, this is good, it's a bit spicy, it's a bit, oh, you know, it needs more of this sort of stuff. And I was there being like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I, I don't, I cannot just, so it was, it was probably about three weeks afterwards when we received the samples that I was actually able to taste it for the first Couldn't time. Couldn't you wait for we, three weeks? We, we, well, we wanted You're to. You're on a roll. Yeah, we wanted yeah. to. And also I think with it, you know, again, with any startup, you have to depend on trust. Uh-huh. You have to say, right, Alex, you know, you've got to go smash this. Uh-huh. And also we had our recipe development team who, we trusted enormously. So mm, when, yeah. when they were, I was obviously involved in the, in the discussions and being able to say, look, guys, it can't be too spicy. It can't be over the top. And, and that sort of stuff. And straight away, you know, you, you know that when you're surrounded by people you trust, and when you're working with a team that you really trust it, you, you have very little, you know, I had no reservations about sort of saying, oh no, let's delay the whole process just for me to mm. get better and be able to taste it. And um, yeah, and everything, everything, I mean, for us, I mean, we have everything working on, on timeframes and yeah. I mean, obviously timeframes always get delayed at everything naturally. Um, but, you know, we didn't, you know, it, it, them, they're a very busy company. So, you know, if we don't go this time, then we'd have to go, you know, and it starts pushing everything back. So, but yeah, no, I think it was, uh, I think generally it worked out all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how about the name? Did you both come to that together? Yeah, so the name was probably one of the hardest things. Yeah, that, that was we, not a fun process. Which we 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 found. I mean, we went through with our design agency Sticking so many notes on walls and kind of uh, naming meetings of discussions and trying to work it out. And then when we ended up coming up with the name, it was nothing we ever came up with anyway in any of the meetings. But I think. Uh, the name, I mean, our inspiration, the Island Spice was kind of the main inspiration and the Caribbean Barbados where we taste amazing drinks was, I guess, the inspiration. So the, the creature on our on our um, bottles is actually a mongoose, um, where many people might say it's a fox, is it a fox, is it a squirrel, no, it's a mongoose, um, which obviously we can go with it. Um, but it's, it's considered good luck in the Caribbean if a mongoose um, crosses your path on that day. Um, so they're incredibly lucky. So it's still folklore today. So we wanted to use the mongoose as kind of as the tail, but we wanted to use also because it's a, a long drink, a cocktail. That's why we used long tail. So play on words as well, um, which works works very nice. And yeah, obviously we wanted to kind of have a bit of the, the Caribbean um, kind of. T- yeah, tar we we well. I mean we did the the standard thing where you sort of throw a load of names at the wall by sort of saying right if we want to go Caribbean theme, what is you know someone else the Caribbean to Barbados thing? Oh, you think about all the amazing it's wildlife out there and I think it was just 
in passing, one of us shouted the word mongoose, and 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 we didn't obviously necessarily like that name, but we were thinking more about the the visuals, and I think our design team were really thinking more about the visuals, and they sort of sketched up the logo, and we're like, well, actually, that works really well. We really like that. Mm. So then we sort of had, almost had the logo before we had the name, so we really had to sort of think like, how are we going to make this uh, this come out? And I think, yeah, don't know where it came from, don't know who it came from, but we're we're delighted to, that we sort of got it, and it sort of had a really great reception, which is yeah. which is. Yeah, I think it just works and yeah I think that the play on words kind of helped it and it's kind of what you know making everything a long drink and, and a cocktail because we're not a cocktail we're a long drink but it's you know simple serve as such so and so you have a name you have a logo you have this I love the artistry it's so pretty on it and um and you have this fabulous liquid now what do you do that's a good, good question. question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 What do we do? I think I think the first the first couple of months was obviously we, we kind of had we, we did pilot uh, pilot studies, case studies to make sure that, you know, people liked our and focus groups to make sure people liked our stuff. But it's it's great like you know, certain consumers will, but also you want to make sure that there's validation within the industry. So I think the first couple of months mainly was just validation, you know, yeah. going to well, both in consumers as well as industry. So going to a lot of like industry events um, with our drinks, um, meeting people, networking. And also we did some consumer facing events just to kind of see like, like we did Taste of London in, in the kind of startup area just to see how people reacted. And, you know, it was great and did just little events here and there. I think that was kind of the main thing of the first couple of months. You know, meet people, um, get validation, both industry, both consumers. And and learn as well. I think mm. learning's a big part. You know, we're always learning. So, but it's all, it's it's always a big sort of motivation maker when you go to these sort of events. I mean, we we also did Imbibe, um, which was one of our first events, and you know that's really sort of going into the deep end. We had our own little stand, and you had people who were really interested and really just really got it as well. So instantly, you get that motivation of people saying, "Well, actually, this is an idea. Actually, yeah, this really, you know, we 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 really want to sort of sort of, add, you know." Strike while down hot on that one, so that sort of stuff was fantastic. And and yeah, with taste, I mean, we had great reception from consumers who really really loved it. So as soon as we did so that summer, we realised right, okay, now we need to go about setting out how we go into the market and where we're going to position ourselves. And and that was quite a fun process, mm. really planning. Yeah, exactly. planning. I think it was it was an interesting bit of an eye opener, I guess, and vibe where you know we'd have a lot of people going coming up to us and saying, "You are the only." mixer company targeting dark spirits in this whole place you know everything else is a tonic you must have been um, like yeah and we're like you're like yes yeah. and then you're like oh god we really are you know, yeah. a bit by ourselves it's quite daunting uh-huh. yeah, yeah. It's only like, so, should why are we the only ones yeah. doing this but no i mean i think that was you know something that you know, we always wanted to to do uh, you know our, our focus is dark spirits and we are probably the only company who's you know primary himself focus um is that i mean not saying that our, our, our drinks don't pair nicely with lighter spirits they, they do um but you know i'll concentrate you know we are concentrating on on dark spirits where a lot of you know you get a lot of like the tonics which also pair nicely with dark spirits um, but obviously concentrating more on the, on the lighter so probably the, the flip reverse um but yeah so that was the first first couple of months really. yeah yeah mm-hmm. busy <laughs> and were you hoping that you know, consumers would buy it or um, the bartenders would use it or a combination of both? It's a bit of a combination of both, really. I mean, we obviously we didn't set up at these events to to buy and sell. We we wanted to see actually whether or not one industry in particular came out on top. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously within Bibe, you get some of the best bartenders in the world um, coming in and sort of really playing around with it. And we had a lot of them sort of come to us and saying, this is amazing. 
we can use this as a topper we can use it as a as a base for cocktails and we can also also just use it as it is which is shows the the diversity of of the drink um and then also we go to taste and we have a lot of people saying i want this at home i'd I'd love to have this in the you know because the weather for taste that year was phenomenal Mm. had a lot of people saying i could take this home and have it as with a barbecue in the garden so it was a bit annoying in the sense that both areas came out really really strong and where we had hoped we'd come out and sort of say, right, well, we have to target the on-trade um, or we have to target retail. It was sort of a bit of a, well, actually, both have independently come out incredibly strong. So yeah. perhaps it's a 50-50 balance. Yeah. Um, and I think they, they work, you know, they work together in a, in a way, you know, if people start seeing you in a certain shop you know, with, within the trade, within the on-trade, then they say, oh, I saw this, you know, I saw this in Selfridges the other day. Uh, this is really interesting. I bought some, I really liked it. Maybe we should think about stocking. Where can we buy it from? So I think I think that's the same, you know, if someone goes into a bar and, you know, drinks one of our drinks and go, oh, I really like this. I wonder if I can get this at home. So I think that's when we decided, because I think we were maybe gearing up more towards the on-trade, but actually realised that we had such good um, kind of validation and, and, uh, from all the consumer stuff that actually we should we should do both um, because they're probably just going to... It's just going to help your exposure and build your brand awareness. So, huh. so what's the future? Well, hopefully... I know that's a big question. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the future for right now. Yeah. 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 Just but, continue? Yeah, yeah, massively. I mean, well, we, we, we are both incredibly ambitious to to sort of really actually spread more of the word of what we're trying to do um and also we work with rum companies we work with a lot of them and they're everyone we sort of see says oh i understand rum's going to be the next big thing there's no reason it shouldn't be but again our philosophy is it hasn't been driving the right way so we want to sort of try and help work alongside those rum companies whiskey companies bourbon companies to say actually there are some really amazing rums being made, there are some amazing bourbons being made, let's drink them the way they should be drunk, which is where you can taste their flavours. We want to sort of work with them to really push on that as an industry, as a whole, because, you know, the better rum does, hopefully the better we do, the better we do, the better rum does, the better whiskey does. Um, so, yeah, so for us, the, the the immediate future, I guess, is is just really expanding our presence, be that both in retail, both in retail, both in the on-trade, but also, you know, start, start start having a lot of fun with the rum companies and doing events and sort of getting people really understanding there is a different new way to drink drink these sort of spirits. And yeah. uh, I think I think yeah, we spent the last I mean since we launched pretty much, but I mean the hardest thing is, is sorting out your distribution and we you know, struggle to do you know, a case of our, our, our mixes are pretty big and they need a lot of storage. So, you know, a lot of places where it's retail on trade, they don't want, you know, a big order just you know, at once. They want lots of little orders weekly. Um, so the hardest thing for for us, if around the country, do it direct. So what we're really concentrating on is doing our, and sorting out our, our route to market, our distribution. So, you know, we've got a lot of distributors um, now. Um, so, you know, we can generally get mostly around the whole country, um, around the whole UK. Um, so it took, took a while to get there because it, it always does. Um, but now we've got there um, and we've got this distribution. And obviously we're speaking to a lot more, so, we, you know, it'll just get bigger and bigger. But it now for us, it's like, great, well, we've done this. Well, let's just really like push the, you know, growing this to the roots that we've got. Um, so I think that's probably the big thing that we're really concentrating on for the next year and, and you know, kind of so on. It's just, you know, kind of getting out there, you know, not just in London, but, you know, all over. And, get you people know, experiencing our brand, yeah, get exactly. people, you know, interacting with it. And the key is trying it. You know, get yeah, people exactly. drinking it because Alex and I are very good at talking about it. Um, but it really works best when people do genuinely drink it and do genuinely exactly. try it with their best friend. We know 
I, at least I certainly know I've grown up with a father who's always had that very expensive bottle of rum in the cupboard, but has never quite cracked it out because doesn't really fancy it neat, but then also doesn't really want to mix, ruin it with Coca-Cola. It's more about getting to those sort of people who, who you know, they, they know that they like their, their dark spirits, but they're just, they're, there isn't that thing to drink it with. So for us, it's, it's introducing it to them and getting them on board, getting them drinking it and, and, you know, having a lot of fun with it. Well, I know I have a bottle of rum open. So should we go it's always drink? Good. Yeah, no, definitely. Let's mix up yeah. some cocktails. One hundred percent. Let's do it. All right. Thanks so much to Alex and Tom for being on the show. Now you know where to go to find the perfect companion for your dark spirits. Go ahead and take that dusty bottle of rum or whiskey off your shelf. I dare you. Our cocktail of the week will show you just how easy it is. Our cocktail of the week is the Sundown Spice, a combination that will have you dreaming of the beach in the Caribbean. All you need are Longtail Island Spice Mixer, the Duppy Share Rum, which you most definitely shouldn't be leaving to get dusty on any shelf, and one lime. Fill your glass with three ice cubes. Then pour in 50 mLs of the Duppy Share Rum. Add Longtail Island Spice Mixer, and then cut a lime wedge and add for garnish. If you want to hear more about the Dubby Share, then go back and listen to my episode titled How to Move from Insurance to Rum in 5 Easy Steps. You'll find this recipe and two more from Longtail Mixers, plus all the cocktails of the week at alushlifemanual.com, where you'll also find all the ingredients in our shop. Oh, to be in Italy. More specifically, Trentino. That northern region, home to Candarelli and the Council of Trent. But more importantly for us, let's talk what they're drinking. And it's not only Trento Doc. Next time, we'll meet the producers of some of the best sips in Trentino. If you can't wait, check out my Lush Guide to Trentino at alushlifemanual.com for a little taster of what's to come. Until next time, bottoms up. Thanks for listening to the Lush Life Podcast. For more information and links to everything you've heard, plus a whole lot more, please visit alushlifemanual.com. Always remember the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation. And always drink responsibly. Okay, I said that last part. The music is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. Lush Life is produced by Evo Terra. And I'm your drinking partner, Susan Schwartz. I'll see you at the bar.